Hello, and welcome to the Legal Marketing Studio, a biweekly podcast devoted to exploring successful legal marketing strategies that drive new business development at law firms from the largest international firm to the solo attorney. In every episode, you'll find actionable takeaways that you can implement immediately. The podcast is a production of Picture More Business, a corporate photography studio with a core focus on the legal industry. I'm Michael Meyer, the host of the Legal Marketing Studio. In this episode, part of a special month-long mini-series on web design for law firms, I'm delighted to be speaking with Robert Algeri of Great Jakes. Robert and his brother Dion founded Great Jakes in 2001 with the goal of creating the world's most inspiring, easy-to-use, and business-effective websites for law firms. The agency's microsite approach and its development of the Rainmaker CMS produce engaging, results-focused sites. Robert, welcome to the Legal Marketing Studio. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Can we just start, just give me a background about Great Jakes, how you guys got started, and sort of what your sort of core aesthetic is. If you were going to have like one adjective to describe what you do, what would that be? Wow. Okay. Well, I guess I'll start at the beginning here. You know, I'm a partner here at Great Jakes. My business partner is uh, my brother. He's the smarter one, so I always direct questions to him. <laughs> but um, being that he's not here I'll, today, I'll answer them. We develop websites for law firms. That's all we do. And we're based here in New York City, but our clients are scattered throughout North America. And I think if there's one, I don't know, key characteristic is that about our agency is that we are prepared and eager to push the envelope. You know, there is a bit of a herd mentality when it comes to law firms, when it comes to their websites. And a lot of savvy marketers recognize that they need to get away from this herd mentality. And we help those firms. Those are the clients that typically come to us. And, and that's, I think that's how we would characterize one of our key characteristics. So what does your you know, typical client look like? When What are they coming to you, you know, to do? Our typical client is a mid to large size law firm. Um, so that could be anywhere from 90 to 900 attorneys, somewhere in that range typically. And what they're coming to do is they've got to position themselves in two different ways. They've recognized that they need to position the firm as top tier. But they also recognize that the firm is not is not just the firm, it's also 300 partners or attorneys, and it may also have a few hundred practice areas. And each of these needs to have positioning done as well. So what they're trying to do is position themselves to be the best possible option for a company's legal needs at each of those levels. And that's what they're coming to us for. So when they come to you for these sites, what is sort of that primary function or functionality of, of a website that you're trying to put out there for them? Well, you know, that's, that's a really great question. And, you know, Altman Weil, a few years ago, a consulting firm, did a study. And the number one thing that they said that influences in-house counsel on their decision of which firms to hire was the demonstrated understanding of a business or industry. So out of a possible score of 10, this was 9.6. This is what influenced in-house counsel. So if you take that as the starting point, the primary function of a law firm website should be to validate the law firm's claims of expertise. That should be the main goal of any law firm's website. Now, that needs to happen at the firm-wide level, but it also needs to happen at the practice area level, and it has to happen at the attorney level. So if an attorney says that they do this and they're the best at this, well, that's not good enough. That may have been good enough a few years ago, but right now they need to also demonstrate that. They need to make the case for their expertise 
in their particular area of focus. Does this differ at all depending upon the size of a firm, the industry they're working with, or the type of practice that they are? Yeah, it does. It does, absolutely. If you have a very focused firm, let's say your firm does one type of law, and that's all it does. Well, that's, a, that's marketing gold. <laughs> you know, in the law firm world, that's marketing gold because then you can create a very clear positioning for your website. You can say that you are the best at X, but most law firms and most law firms that we work with, they can't say that because they're not good at just one thing. They're good at dozens of different things. And that's why law firm marketing messaging is so difficult. I mean, it's, it must be among the most difficult messaging for any kind of marketing ever because the firm does so many different things. And therefore, that messaging needs to go down a level. We need to help our clients think about how can they help their practices or industry groups communicate that they are indeed the best. And how do we help the attorney do the same thing, that they are indeed the best at what they do? You know, in the previous answer, you'd mentioned that it's not enough to just say that you're the best or that you are an expert in this. You have to really demonstrate it. Exactly. So what are the kinds of things, as as you get to that, the next answer, what are some of those things that demonstrate that expertise, that demonstrate that you are an expert, that you know what you're doing and can help that client? The answer to that is content. And this is why we've seen an explosion of content in the last, let's say, six, seven years. There has been a tremendous explosion of content. Matter of fact... If you look at law firm websites, they've, they are tripling in size every few years because of the amount of content they're creating. And the reason why law firms are creating all this content or their attorneys are creating this content is to help verify or justify their claims of expertise. So blog posts, articles, case studies, these are all typical ways for an attorney to, to make the case for their expertise. But, you know, it can't be limited to that. Attorneys do presentations all the time. So those PowerPoints that they have, well, that's reputation-enhancing content. That's another way to help make that claim of expertise. Podcasts that they do, that's another way, or any kind of audio interview. Photo galleries, an attorney speaking in front of a big group, if there's a photo of it, that, that helps tell the story of their expertise. There's lots and lots of small ways, even Twitter or LinkedIn. These are wonderful ways to help make that case. But the problem is, all of these are scattered all over the law firm website. Before we get too deep in the weeds on on some of the content stuff, um, I wanted to just step back quickly, just to your overall design process. Sure. You know, what does that process look like in terms of figuring out what they need, who they are, and then building the site that's going to work for them? Okay. So there's basically three things that our agency does. There's technology, which is the last thing. There's design. And that's typically where most website development companies focus, design and then technology. But, you know, we've been doing this for so long, and we've got to focus on law firms. And what we've known for quite some time is that it really needs to begin with something called strategy. And that is the beginning of the process for us. And that's the part of the process when we ask a lot of questions, where we're trying to understand what makes this firm better or different from every other firm out there. What makes them special? And we go through a very lengthy and intensive process to do this, what we call discovery, that allows us to put together recommendations that we 
do with our clients. We collaborate with our clients on these recommendations for how the website should be designed and built to achieve their specific business goals. So the entire project starts with conversations. The last thing we want to do is come in with, here are some ideas. It's too early for that. We First, we need to learn a little bit. What are the firm's business goals? Why is this important to do now? What are we hoping to get out of this? And then that will inform what will need to be designed and what will need to be programmed. So that, that's how we begin. And the deliverable for us is a anywhere from 50 to 100-page document where we document, we write down in plain English everything that we've learned, all the things that we learned during discovery, all the recommendations that we're making with the marketing department about how the website should be crafted, and then we wireframe everything. And the reason why we do this, this is arduous process, but we know that it allows for the rest of the project to proceed very smoothly because everybody feels comfortable that they know exactly what needs to be done and who's going to do it and how it's going to be accomplished. And that specification that we put together acts like a blueprint. So that's how, that's how we proceed. That's the beginning of the process. Once we've done that, We've got the wireframes, and these are very detailed wireframes. We've already telegraphed what the format and structure of these pages are going to be like. Now we've got to fill in some of the blanks. And we don't come back with designs yet. We have more conversations where we bring in creative influences that we might or might not use in different parts of the website. And that allows us to sh- further shape what the look and feel is going to be. And then we do a mood board. I don't know if everybody's familiar with the mood board, but it's a device that we've borrowed from architects and interior designers. And it's another method that allows us to have further conversations about what the look and feel of the website's going to be. And then once we have approval on that, then we come back with concept designs. And the great thing about this process is that because it's so iterative and it's so collaborative, by the time we get to the concept stage, there's no surprises. Everybody knows what that homepage is going to look like because we've already had so many conversations. There will not be anybody involved in the process who's going to be saying, huh, how did we end up with that? Well, they know because we talked about what their business goals were and how we were going to achieve it. And we talked about all the different design techniques that were going to be used to help get there. That's essentially our design process. It's, it's a very collaborative process, and it's very iterative. And the key, one of the key goals here is to have no surprises. Because the last thing legal marketers want is to be surprised. <laughs> they, it's a tough environment for everybody. So therefore, we've developed this process to minimize that. I'm curious how you set goals for these websites and how you track the success of them after it's been designed. To what extent do you have hard and fast metrics that you're trying to meet with these sites? That you know, sort of, you know, if you're talking about strategy, then they're they're more than just brochures. They're they're tools for the for the firms. Yeah. How do you how do you measure their effectiveness? Well, you know, that, that's a great question. One of the things that we've built into our content management system is a dashboard, an analytics dashboard, that allows the marketing to see exactly what's happening on their website. And what we've done is we've integrated Google Analytics into this dashboard, so they can see what. Google sees, but we've made it much easier to comprehend. We've, we're only showing the most important bits of information that most legal marketers want to see. But we also have a way, what we've done is we've made Google jump through some hoops here so that they can see what's happening not only at the firm-wide level, but now they can also see exactly what's happening on each attorney's bio and each practice area and each industry group. So we could, So if you're a marketer, you can go in and see exactly what companies are stopping by 
a particular person's bio. And you could see exactly what pages people are going to within that attorney's bio. So you have a very, very, very good understanding of what content's being read and which one isn't. And this allows marketing to have an informed conversation with that attorney or that practice area leader where they can say, hey, we've been monitoring this for a while now. We can see that you know this subject's getting more interest than that subject. So perhaps we need to put some more resources there. Before you'd mentioned the tech aspect of of the process, and here you've hinted at the CMS. Could you just really quickly, you know, tell me about your the custom CMS that you have here at, at Great Jakes? Because I know a lot of people are using WordPress, a lot of people are using Joomla, and these other, you know, Joomla, yeah. all these other CMSs. But you've built your own. Why, why do that, and what's the benefit? Well, you know, it, it's it's interesting that you say that. I'm going to take a step back and say choosing the right one should be one of the most important decisions when developing a website. But it doesn't really matter what the platform is. What you should be looking for is to hire the right development company. Because whether designing with WordPress or Sitecore or Drupal or something else doesn't matter. They're just bricks. If you hand the same chisel to an artisan and an amateur, you'll get profoundly different results. So a WordPress site, for instance, you know, we typically attribute that to small blogs, but you know, Coca-Cola uses it and Forbes uses it and the Chicago Tribune uses it. I mean, it could be used by anybody to build anything. That's what we use, actually. Our websites, uh, the foundation of which are, are built using WordPress. And what we've done is we've then created other code that allows our clients, law firms, to do certain things that we know that they need to do. And so the um, keystone to our approach is something called the attorney microsite. And what the attorney microsite is, is essentially small little websites for every single attorney in the firm and every practice area. And these small websites are designed to fit seamlessly within the firm's website. Those little microsites can have any number of pages and include any kind of information that's going to help that attorney make the case for what it is that they do and why they're the best at doing it. So if an attorney has two areas of focus or more, they might want to have two separate pages about each of those areas of focus. And if another attorney, let's say a trust and estates attorney, wants to have a page that shows pictures of the recent golf outing that the firm sponsored because that was a big part of their marketing initiatives, well, that's a great idea, but that might not make sense for the real estate attorney who may want to have a page that shows tombstones or something else. This is designed to allow each attorney in each practice to grow their practices as they need to, because essentially every attorney is different from the next attorney. That, I think, brings us to this idea that a firm's website, in a sense, is part of this larger ecosystem. Yeah. But at the same time, that firm and the partners in that firm are also small parts of a larger whole. In what way do those microsites for the individual attorneys fit into the website as a whole? And then how do you see that website as a whole fitting into sort of the larger digital ecosystem? I mean, that's a big question. That's a big question. Okay. Well, you know, I think I'm going to take it this way. If you think about the history of the law firm website, it started out as a digital version of the firm's brochure, which essentially meant they were just going to take the attorney resumes and put them, put them on the web. And, you know, that worked for a long time. But it doesn't make sense now. In this day and age, attorneys do need to do more than just have their resumes up there. They need to make the case for, their, for why somebody should hire them. 
And making that case involves content, creation of content, lots of content. And so law firm websites have grown as a result. They've tripled, quadrupled in size very quickly. And the challenge now is that there's so much content, but law firms' websites haven't really made the leap yet to becoming what we would call a publishing platform. So what the next goal for law firm websites is and should be, and what legal marketers should be thinking about is how to turn their websites into being more like the New York Times. So let me give you an example. When you go to read an article on the New York Times, what you get are a lot of teasers to other articles. And what they're trying to do is to create a content loop where you read that article and are then click to the next article and the next one. And they want you to stay on there as long as possible. That's how law firm websites need to work. When you read that attorney's bio, you should be teased to a case study. And from that case study, you should be teased to an event that's related to that case study. And from there, you should be teased to an article or a blog post or something else that will help make the case for why you should pick up the phone and call this firm as opposed to another. And so this is really the, 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 the next big thing for law firm websites is turning their websites into publishing platforms that allow them to do this easily. And it's not just teasing one thing. It should be teasing many different things. And by doing this, we're going to not only allow firms to retain more traffic, but we'll also be able to measure that traffic. And once we're able to start measuring that traffic because we're seeing more of it, then we're able to customize content to a particular audience. This is when it really starts getting interesting. And, and we're actually doing this right now for our clients, which is fantastic. But this is the big leap that law firms are making. They're going from what essentially was a digital version of their brochure to the publishing platform. That speaks to sort of the broader marketing and business development strategies that firms have. Yeah. How are you integrating the strategy that you're coming into for the website into that perhaps broader strategy that, that maybe you're trying to feed? Every firm's business goals are different. So it's difficult to say you know, why one firm would want to do one thing over another. But what we want to do in every case is make it extremely easy for anybody who's visiting that website or that attorney or that practice area to understand what it is that the firm does and why they're so good at it. And so we need to use whatever tools are available to do that. And it, and it changes from firm to firm. So you mentioned content. I just want to quickly talk about that. How important is it for, for clients to be doing things like blogging or podcasting or these other cr- content creation type things and integrating into their website? Should that be tightly integrated or is that a separate thing that belongs on a separate platform? That's a great question. Our opinion is your website should be the publishing platform. One of the things that we've introduced is the integrated blog approach. There's a thought out there right now that blogs need to be separated, separated from the website. But that's an old idea. Made sense for technological reasons 10 years ago. But technological things have changed. <laughs> and now it's quite possible to have your blog as part of the website. Now, that blog can look different. It can have its own URL. But it can be run from the same CMS, same content management system. And the advantages to that is that if it's run from the same engine, well, then you can use that content other places in the site. So you could teach that content more easily. Another advantage to this is that you're not driving people away from the main site. The goal, one of the goals of any website is to attract viewers. 
But one of the problems that law firm websites have is that many of them have a number of different blogs that sit on other servers at other URLs. And that means people are coming to the main website and then they're leaving to go somewhere else to read that blog post. They're not going to come back to the main website. And that's lost opportunity. So what we want to do is we want to integrate that information so that they stay on that attorney's bio to read those blog posts. Or they stay in that practice area to read that blog post. And the same idea is for any kind of content. We want to make it easy so that when somebody comes to that bio, they can see all the reputation-enhancing content all in one place. What we don't want, and this is something law firms are very guilty of, is we don't want the ping-pong effect. And that's what happens when somebody comes on a mission to your website and they're interested in a video and they click on the video and they're taken to the multimedia section of the website. And then if they want to go read an article related to that video, they're taken to the publication section. And then they have to go back to the bio section to look at the attorney bio. And that's a lot of ping-ponging around the website. Ideally, All that reputation-enhancing content for an attorney or a practice area is in one place so that if somebody were interested in a particular service, they would understand in an instant what the firm does and why they're so good at it. And that's really the heart of the micro site, so that all of that content for that attorney is in one place. Is that You said it better than me. That was perfect. (laughs) Well, I wanted to close here um, with sort of some advice, not not from me, from you. So the first is maybe two or three important things that a firm should be doing on its end before it begins the web design process, before they come to you, to make that process go smoothly. Um, And then a couple of important questions that they should be asking any design firm, whether it's you or another firm, you know, to make sure that they have the right fit with with their agency that they're going to be collaborating with. Prior to coming to us, the key thing is to do some research into how they want to be positioned as a firm. It's wonderful when a firm has hired a consultant like BTI or somebody else like Altman Wild to help them understand where they fit in the marketplace and how they need to be structured going forward. That's great information that we can then use when we put together the strategy for the website. When it comes to actually thinking about you know, the website, when they're ready to make that decision, we recommend that they do some comparison shopping. There's some things that they should probably keep in mind. I think one of the first thing is they should be thinking about the development company and not the platform. A lot of firms are getting hung up on a particular platform. It really doesn't matter what the platform is. What you want is experts, expert marketers and website developers who know how to build great websites. It doesn't matter whether it's Sitecore, Drupal, or something else. Something else to keep in mind, the words technology agnostic should be a red flag. What you want is a company that is focused on law firms, who understands the nuances that law firms need to deal with, and the challenges as well, and have developed tools and certain functionality to help make the job of legal marketers easier. I'd also suggest that they don't trust the features list. Make an examination of what it is that the firm can really do, what that functionality really does. That'll be... That's important because anybody could put together a features list. I would take a a good hard look and make sure that those features, that functionality that the agency claims can actually do what you need it to do. And then the very last thing is demand a test drive. When you buy a car, 
you can take the car out for a ride. You should be able to do the same thing with a content management system. Demand a test drive. Take it around the block. See how it works. See if it's intuitive. That's going to help you later on as you make your decisions. So those, those are some thoughts I had about shopping for a design shop. Any other last thoughts on the process or on strategy for firms to keep in mind? Think about that this is going to become a publishing platform going forward and that you will be using this to share content. And part of the website's job is to make the sharing of content as easy as possible for the user. If you have that in mind, think about the New York Times and how to turn your site function more like the New York Times than a brochure. I think that's something to keep in mind going forward. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Legal Marketing Studio Podcast. It was a pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. Extended content, including photographs and links, can be found on our website, legalmarketing.studio. Note that there's no .com. It's just legalmarketing.studio. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast. The Legal Marketing Studio can be found on iTunes and on SoundCloud. If you have a topic you'd like to discuss on the show or know someone who might, please send an email to producer at legalmarketing.studio or reach out via the contact page on our website, legalmarketing.studio. The Legal Marketing Studio is a production of Picture More Business, a full-service corporate photography studio focused on the legal industry based in Brooklyn, New York, and working with clients nationally. If your firm is updating its website, hiring new attorneys, or revamping its brand and marketing materials, give us a call. We'd love to explore collaborative opportunities. More information can be found at picturemorebusiness.com. That's all for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. (laughs) 